Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I'm on the phone with Brian, and today we're going to be talking about the 2004 horror comedy Shaun of the Dead, directed and written by Edgar Wright, uh, starring Simon Pegg and Kate Ashfield, Lucy Davis, and Nick Frost. In this film, a group of individuals attempt to survive a zombie apocalypse, as well as save their respective friendships. This was actually a listener suggestion from Marnie, uh, a listener of ours out in Scotland. Uh, And I think she sent us a pretty solid list of movies that I figured we should probably cover at some point, right, Brian? Oh, yeah, she did. I forgot. I I know I shared that list with you, and I forgot that this was one of the ones she had uh, requested. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all the movies she requested like seemed like great ones that uh, would be good. Like, I think there was a Tucker and Dave versus Evil, um, the Saw franchise. Uh, the, yep. the, yeah. Yeah. So, someone's Tucker and Dale. Yeah, Tucker and Dale. Is that what I said? Uh, he said Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker and Dave. <laughs> um. Uh, did she request Happy Death Day too, or was that someone else? That might have been someone else. I don't remember if that being right. on that. That list. was a good request too. I, I still need to see that movie, so I'd like to do that one as well. Yeah, it seems like there's some big blockbusters we're, we're missing from like the last ten, twenty years. It'd be good to cover. Yeah, I have this urgency to like get them all out of the way, but uh, you know, we can take our time and give give us something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, it does it? Does never gonna run out of movies. I know. Thank God, <laughs> got a long way to go. Now that the theater stuff's starting to happen again, I'm like, the slots are going to start disappearing for going back and, and checking out old movies that we've missed. I know. I'm pretty excited to start getting some 2021 releases uh, on. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We, we haven't done any, right? Sure. We... No, we haven't. <laughs> I think <laughs> next I think next episode we're talking about doing Army of the Dead, right? I think so. Yeah. That'll be the, I think I'm that'll really be excited. our first. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's May and we haven't seen uh, one from this year yet. Yeah. It's a strange year. Um, but as usual, Brian and I, we're going to have a spoiler-free discussion on the front end of this uh, episode, and then we'll take a quick break, you'll hear some music, and then we'll dive into the plot, hit some of the spoilers, and give our review of the film. Uh, Brian, had it been a while since you've seen this one? It had been a long time. I consider this to be, I'll say it right out of the gate, one of my favorite zombie movies, Ooh. if not one of my favorite horror movies of all time, and we'll see how that my memory of it uh, lived up and compared to my experience of it this week. But I still, even so, thinking that, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Years. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like maybe even, I feel like a decade goes by without me even realizing it now. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's been a decade since I saw this. Yeah, I feel like when this came out and for a few years it was like, uh, you know, it was on like TV or on on uh, like yeah, on, on repeat on like some premium channels. But uh, it's just, I feel like it's not a film that's mentioned or brought up too often anymore. Yeah, it seems we've kind of forgotten about it. It's I know. 17 years old now, man. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, do you think, uh, I? you know, I remember watching this one in college when it came out, uh, and it, I think it came out the exact same year Dawn of the Dead came out. Uh, do you think that's like entirely coincidental, or was it done on purpose? Um, I think coincidental. There's... A case has been made by film scholars that there is a boom of zombie movies after the after 9-11 because of like depictions of the modern apocalypse and you know the visions that we all had on the news of this wide-scale destruction and devastation and some people have uh theorized that that gave rise to the whole torture porn mm. um sub mostly like that and um the, the war on terrorism that that 
happened after 9-11 maybe was the cause of that but mm-hmm. yeah we've talked about it before this this zombie boom um zombie land was right around there too i can't remember what yeah. year that came out now i think 28 days later must have been pretty close right if maybe a few years before this i think 28 days later came out oh man i know we've covered that one yeah i think if not 2004 it's 2003 yeah. right around here right right yeah, interesting connections like 9-11 and, and that whole uh, era. And I, I saw, yeah, a lot of people kind of looked at this film as uh, a play on like that type of mentality in our society and like that anxiety that people had. Um, did, yeah. did you read some of those uh, comparisons and like, do you feel like that holds up? Um, sure, I think it definitely holds up. I think something like 9-11 reminds us of the vulnerability of civilization as a whole. Yeah, and I think no better uh, subgenre of horror illustrates that than a zombie movie because not only is it like the crumbling of infrastructure and just you can see physical devastation around the city, but uh, human interaction kind of falls apart in a lot of these zombie movies too, right? Yeah, I know, and it, yeah, zombie movies are so perfect for that. I, I think we talked about that a bit in like uh, when we have like watched Shaun of the Dead or any of the George Romero works. Um, but I, I always feel like that's kind of like a subtle like subtext, whereas like in, in this one, it kind of takes it head on. Um, do you think like that's uh, purposeful? Like when like George Romero is putting those movies and stories together, uh, is he is is it like a, always like a commentary on how society and individuals kind of fall apart in these uh, zombie films? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I always thought it was maybe just critics like digging too much into it, but uh, yeah, I, I think there's probably some stuff you can't deny in those. Yeah. And I mean, Night of the Living Dead kind of sets the, not only did it really set the rules for the zombie subgenre and essentially create the modern zombie, but it, it really set the uh, kind of the stereotype, I'm tempted to say, of how the human interactions go down. Sure. Yeah. You know, the infighting and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. We haven't reviewed that one, have we? No, but that's another one we'll have to get to eventually. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm with you. Like, This is definitely one of my favorite uh, zombie films, at least from back then. Uh, so it's, it's cool to revisit this one after so many years. And uh, isn't it crazy like how big Simon Pegg has gotten since this film? Yeah, man. He's, he's kind of everywhere. And yeah. there's places you wouldn't really expect him to be. We have a... There's a kids show called The Gruffalo. It's like an Amazon just one-off little short film based on a book and Simon Pegg is the narrator. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, it's just it's weird to hear him. He's a he's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, he's he's done like Star Trek I think and Mission Impossible. Uh he was recently in that show The Boys. Have you seen that one on Prime? I haven't seen that one. No. Uh, I you know I wasn't crazy about him in that one, but uh yeah, it seems like he's still going strong. This TV show you're talking about, it's probably a new one. Um, you know, it's a few years old, I think. Okay, cool. But yeah, he's, and he wrote, um, or co-wrote all these movies of the, uh, the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy, as it's been called. Did you see that? Yeah. Have you seen all three movies? It's this Hot Fuzz and The End of the World? And The World's End. Oh, The World's End. Yeah, this in 2004, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz in 2007, and The World's End in 2013. And I'm upset with myself because i have not seen either of those movies but i'm oh. sure i would love them yeah yeah hot fuzz is like one of my favorite movies man that, that's such a good one um, oh nice 
haven't seen the world's end that that sounds like a good one uh, i i think th- this one's probably the only one that really qualifies as horror in that group is that fair? i i would guess i haven't seen him but the descriptions i saw was hot fuzz was a buddy cop action comedy and the world's ends is sci-fi apocalyptic yeah. comedy yeah yeah right right yeah. And the uh, they're called the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy after like the little frozen treat called right. the Cornetto that's like a kind of like an ice cream drumstick and there one appears in every movie. And this one I think is a strawberry flavored Cornetto. Yeah, for, for all the yep. blood. Um, do you like Cornettos? Have you had them? I don't know if I've ever had one. I probably have as a youth. Yeah, man, Cornettos are like some of the best uh, things you can find at a gas station if you're looking for ice cream. I'll have to try one now. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you grab one. It's, it's always a good time um but yeah interesting trilogy and uh i, I think it's cool to see the, those guys these the writer the director and simon Pegg and nick frost uh working together like i feel like they're they, they all make a great combination together yeah and i didn't realize how much other stuff edgar wright had done oh yeah like like baby driver and scott pilgrim. yeah yeah wrote and directed baby driver co-wrote and directed scott pilgrim co-wrote yeah. ant-man yeah <laughs> it's pretty cool yeah, yeah, I know. It seems like a really cool guy. And it, oh, I think one, one thing I didn't know he did was the fake trailer for Grindhouse called Don't. Oh, I don't think I remember it, that one. I didn't remember it either, but I watched it on YouTube, and I would highly recommend, if you don't remember that one, listeners, to go just Google Don't Grindhouse trailer, and it's incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll check that out. Uh, and that was like one of the fake trailers between the movies? Yeah. Okay. Yep, it's like silly but spooky and nostalgic. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Edgar Wright just seems like this hilarious dude who like knows how to edit and like make really funny uh, movies and stuff and tell a good story. Sure. Yeah. Um, did you see? It sounds like him and Simon Pegg kind of go back to this show called Spaced, which I, I never saw. I'm guessing it was like huge in the UK or something. But are you familiar with that show? I was not familiar with it, yeah, but it sounds like that's kind of where they got their start working together. Yeah, yeah, and, like, this movie might be an extension of, like, a dream sequence from one of uh, the episodes of Spaced. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to check out that show. It sounds like it's it'd probably be pretty good if it's got these guys. Agreed, and they're real-life friends, uh, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and, and Nick Frost. Yeah, cool. Must be a good friendship. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, this movie obviously was, was a huge success. I think it brought in thirty million on a budget of six million and uh, great reviews, ninety two percent. So I'd say say it's done pretty well, right? Yeah, solid return. I'm sure it did very well with DVD sales and stuff like that. And yeah, ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety three percent user rating. That's awesome. That's a high user rating. It is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. I, I can see it though. It's a very like watchable movie, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool to read about one of their marketing campaigns where they were dropping off uh, actors in the streets of London who would like just act as a zombie. You hear about this? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Would you, if you saw someone on the street act like a zombie, like would you think, oh, this has got to be for a movie, or would you do what like what I do, which is just kind of ignore them and try to get away? <laughs> <laughs> I would probably some weird combination of both. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious how that worked out. Uh, that's, I feel like they could go a lot of ways. That's an interesting strategy. Um, it's like those clown sightings that have been happening over the past few years. Yeah. Yeah. A, cl- a clown though you see and like, you know, like something's up, but someone on the street acts like a zombie. You kind of just assume like, uh, I'm just going to ignore that person or probably shouldn't make eye contact or something. There's and probably a zombie walk somewhere nearby. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that day of the week. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting idea. Um, any, you have any other background on this you want to share? There's not a uh, whole lot of back. I mean, there's a lot of background on this, but uh, there's only so much of it that's really noticeable. I did find a book that I want to read now in reading about this. It's a 2016 book called The Laughing Dead, the mm-hmm. horror comedy film from Bride of Frankenstein to Zombieland. Okay. Um, and a few chapters of the book are devoted to analyzing aspects of Shaun of the Dead. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So I might have to grab that book. Yeah, yeah. Add it to your collection of uh, men, women, and chainsaws. Yeah, I mean, I've read quite a few books about like horror film analysis and you know various articles and everything. But it'd be interesting to read about horror comedy analysis because comedy itself is kind of hard to analyze. It is. And I notice sometimes when we review a horror comedy, it gets a little weird to just list out the jokes and be like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was funny too. (laughs) It's hard to describe why things are funny or why they work. Yeah, it is. It really is. That, yeah, I just like there's so much to comedy, almost similar to horror, like it comes down to like the editing, like the way it's shot, the pacing and everything to, to deliver a joke. It's more than just kind of like the what you see, right? Or what's said. Yeah. It's like the delivery yep. and everything. Yeah. And and it's, yeah, some combination of like mapping it out and mathematically making it work and some uh, hidden essence that's hard to put your finger on of why it works or why yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, yeah, I don't know. It seems like this Edgar guy seems to know the formula. He's I think so, yeah. Knocking it out. Just yeah. based on this one movie I've seen of his. Gosh, I don't think I've seen any of his other movies. Oh, I've seen Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, you see, have you seen Baby Driver? No, man. I need to see that. Oh, that's a fun one. And yeah. I, I always feel like his soundtrack's really good, too. Uh, in, in this one, he hits up like some Queen songs, and then remember Baby Driver had like a great soundtrack as well. A, there's a great queen sequence in this and then also yeah. the score to this was great it was by pete woodhead and daniel mudford and mm-hmm. it was very much an homage to scores from the likes of fabio frizzi that italian composer who did a lot of like fulci and stuff like that and uh goblin who who scored suspiria oh yeah oh cool yeah that's awesome yeah i feel like they nailed that vibe really well yeah it was nice to watch this movie after our past three years of really analyzing horror, because there is a lot of little nuggets, like homages, inside jokes, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like, I, I, you know, as much as I love this movie, like a long time ago, I probably missed like half the jokes or half the references, right? Right. right. Yeah. 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 There was a restaurant called Full Cheese that I'm sure that flew right over my head. Oh man, that flew over my head this time too. <laughs> there you go. Good, good catch. That's awesome. Uh, great. Well, do you have uh, an Ohio connection for us? I do have an Ohio connection from our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, the Jukebox is now open, so get their food on Uber Eats, come check out their patio, or pop in and buy some of their retail stuff. Try some of those pierogies. And Alex connects every movie we watch to our home state of Ohio for us. I can't remember if I already said that. <laughs> but he says, Shaun of the Dead is a 2004 horror comedy that for many, brought the zombie film genre into the mainstream. 
good point. In later years, Zombieland, The Walking Dead, and I Am Legend would further popularize this genre. It is in many ways remembered for its iconic movie poster cover where the protagonist, Sean, is depicted in the window of a subway car amidst hordes of zombies pressed against the glass under the tagline, Ever felt like you were surrounded by zombies? This image was resurrected in April 2020 and trended wildly on Twitter when groups of American protesters angrily stood in defiance of local state health orders which forced certain businesses closed as a result of the pandemic. Uh The images of these protesters were photoshopped side by side with the Sean image where you can clearly see life imitating art. The main photos circulated during this period were of those protesting Governor Mike DeWine's mandated business closures in Ohio. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'd encourage the listeners to go check check out those those photos. You could probably just Google uh, protesters, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, wow. Uh, that, that's cool that they're kind of bringing this back in light of what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, that's that's one thing that you know. Before when we were talking about like nine eleven and how this kind of these movies were spread from then. Uh, did, watching it this time, did you feel like there might be some semblance to what's going on in our society these days with the pandemic and everything? Yeah, certainly. Not yeah. only the pandemic and uh, well, yeah. I mean, this is about the pandemic, but uh, the vote, <laughs> the last year's election. Oh as well. yeah, sure, sure. The whole kind of like apocalypse mentality and. Uh, Society breaking down. Yeah. Something yep. spreading. Yeah. Yeah. T- time, time yeah. And giant crowds of people just uh, doing their thing. <laughs> yeah. As they do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. And hey, sorry. Actually, uh, you were right earlier. Right? I think uh, Marnie also did suggest a happy death day. I don't remember that one off the list, but yeah, you're right. So cool. Thanks. Well, well, we'll cover that one too, Marnie. Thanks for the great list. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see that one. Hey, man, uh, before we keep going. I haven't asked for reviews in a while at the top of the show, so I'm going to do it now. Go for it. (laughs) Uh, So, listeners, if there's any of you who are new to the show, you listen on Apple Podcasts or have Apple Podcasts and haven't rated or reviewed us on there, please do so. It really helps us uh, gain new listeners, helps the show gain traction, helps people find the show who might be looking for something like this. Uh, And we have a goal this year to get to 200 I think we're at like 135 or something, but I recently found some some reviews from other countries that got us up to like 150. But Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, bonus. Um, yeah. So yeah, wherever you're located, if you can review us on Apple Podcasts, that is super helpful to us. You can write a review or you can just click the stars. Um, and we are forever grateful to those of you that have done that. Yeah, thanks so much. The feedback is great and appreciate the reviews. Yeah, for sure. Or if you have any other uh, feedback, you can always connect with us, message us on Facebook or Twitter. You can find those links at horrormovieclub.com or use the contact form at horrormovieclub.com. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, anything else? That's it, man. All right. Well, uh, do you mind if uh, we take a quick break and then we can come back and talk about the plot and hit the spoilers and get to our review? Yeah, sure. If you need a break, that's cool. All right, cool. Thanks, man. I'll be right back. Hey, man, I'm sorry. Everything okay? No, Brian, I'm really sorry. <laughs> 
Sorry, I can't smell it over the phone. It's okay. <laughs> hey, that joke in this movie, did it make you miss the fear of farting in front of people? Because I feel like for the last year, we haven't had that fear. Uh, do, do you realize that's been missing from our lives? <laughs> farting in front of other people? Yeah, or like, you know, trying to be under the radar with that, or worrying that like you farted and someone's going to spell it and know it's you or something. Uh, there is a, an awesome Jack Nicholson meme, uh, and it, he's like nodding, like all crazy eyed. And it's like that feeling you have when you, when people, you farted and people are just starting to smell it. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you feel? <laughs> <laughs> if you're still doing image, image searches, listener, from that Shaun of the Dead protesters thing, you should probably try to look up <laughs> Jack, Nicholson. Jack Nicholson fart meme. <laughs> is that your reaction usually <laughs> <laughs> yes yes oh man <laughs> uh no i don't i don't miss uh farting in front of people oh, okay i don't know i like uh I, I just feel like that's gonna be something we'll have to train ourselves to uh you know be uh you know cognizant of again since now like you know things are opening back up we're about to be in more public spaces suddenly the fear of like farting in front of people is about to come back people are so, gonna have to get used to holding it yeah yeah i know i know to retrain your buttholes it's going to be tough. <laughs> the CDC's butthole retraining guidance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The mask could come off the face, but now they go on the butts. Put it on your butt. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this movie kicks off introducing us to Sean. He's hanging out at this bar called the Winchester, and he's there with his girlfriend, Liz, and his best friend, roommate, Ed, and Liz's roommate, David and Diane. And right off the, 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 the start here, you can tell there's this friction between Sean and Liz. She's kind of accusing him for being like the slacker and not really wanting to do anything with his life and just kind of wasting time with his friend, his best friend, Ed, who's also not going anywhere and that she like needs something more out of life and he's not really doing anything with his. So he's like, you know, I, 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 he kind of promises her that he's going to change and tells her that they're going to go out to dinner the next night. Um, but then he also forgets to book it and, uh, Liz ends up dumping him the next day. Uh, what'd you think of all this like character setup uh, in, in, in the beginning here? I really like it. I enjoy this type of story, kind of like a coming of age for someone who's should have already came of age, right? Like the, the stereotypical slacker story who needs to get his act together. Yeah. But I think you connect with Sean and Ed, um, and you can relate to them while also seeing how they need how Liz is right, and and Liz is still relatable too. They do a good job of not just making her the uh, the jerk who's like not giving Sean the time of day, but you can tell she's given him uh, many a pass already, and she's finally at her wit's end. I, I thought all the characters yeah. were developed here, and uh, they did a good job making them charming even though ed was uh deliberately a very annoying character as well <laughs> yeah yeah ed's really annoying but hilarious but yeah i agree with you like every, everyone like feels just super relatable up front and like uh I, I think it's just like a sentiment we can all kind of agree with like the idea that you're not doing anything with your life or like that you want to be doing more and you're kind of like yearning for that so it's just a, a great setup and i you know also i think through these uh interactions and stuff and just what's going on in the background um did you feel like and, and i think one of the things this movie does really well is uh kind of portrays like modern life in a way of like routine and uh almost kind of like a zombie where you know people are kind of stuck in this rut which is like where sean is and uh, she's trying to push him out of it um so did, did you feel like this context was kind of set on early on that like uh there's there's a parallel here to the zombie story 
Yeah, exactly. They did a montage of just people in London going about their days and everybody. It was very much a zombie type montage. Everyone mindlessly going about their routines with blank looks on their faces. Yeah. And it makes, it's a kind of social commentary, but you're right. It does the secondary effect of making Sean's plight even more relatable because it just reminds everybody of how often we're just mindlessly going through our day. Yeah, yeah, I like that they set it up that way. And yeah, yeah, I totally forgot they do that in the credits. And then uh, I think in the background of the bar, too, they're playing this song, uh, This Town is kind of like a ghost town. So I don't know, yeah, I just feel like they're kind of already coming in heavy with that message of life being routine and uh, you know, maybe us already exhibiting zombie behavior. Yeah, yep. And this movie does a good job of making sure there's always some like hint playing on the radio in the background <laughs> about what could be happening soon or the, the movie's themes. Uh, it, it's a pretty tight movie. Yeah, right? there, I know. There's not much waste. Yeah, almost like in every conversational piece, like it's almost like an innuendo where there's like a, it's it's like everything's got a kind of a, a double meaning to it. Exactly, good. right? And and we see that come back around in the second half of the movie, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of the things that are said are yeah. said again later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so after getting dumped, I mean, Sean's pretty heartbroken and uh, him and Ed go out to the Winchester again. They get drunk. Uh, we also are seeing some weird stuff going on in the background, which lets us know the, the zombie outbreak's happening. There's like a dude uh, out on the street who's like, uh, you know, kind of going nuts. Uh, the news on the TV is all like on the same channel. And Sean uh, sees some people outside the bar uh, and like someone's head comes off. But it's all like pressed pretty in the background because Sean's pretty like wrapped up in his own thing of like you know losing Liz and like his conversation with Ed so uh, I I really liked kind of how you could see like as a viewer you see all the stuff going on in the background but you also see this character who's like so absorbed in himself he has like no idea that this like the world around him is falling apart did, did, you, did you like that yeah yeah and it sticks with that main thread of being a zombie in your own life and not always realizing what's going on around you yeah yeah right really clever yeah uh, so finally, the next morning, uh, Sean goes to the corner shop and he picks up a drink. Uh, he's really hungover, so he doesn't notice that, like, there's zombies walking around the streets and, like, there's a, but there's blood on the floor of the corner store and there's, like, a bloody handprint. So he's just, like, so, like, uh, in his own head or, like, uh, yeah, just, I, I guess, hungover or smashed or whatever. But finally, he gets back to his apartment and, uh, him and Ed notice there's this woman in their backyard who's standing in place. They think she's just, like, really drunk because she's not responding to them. They try to get her to leave, but she attacks uh, Sean and Ed. Um, they push her off, and she ends up falling backwards onto this pole that impales her. But then she gets back up and tries to attack them again. So they quickly run inside, and I think now is kind of when they realize that something wrong is going on outside. Uh, wh- what did you think of like this initial gore of like the, the pole going through the woman? I thought it was great. It's that uh, that moment in a movie where you know it's it's time now. We we're moving into the horror elements. Like we're going full <laughs> bore from here on out. And just to have that gory impalement is a great great start. And it was comedic. Yeah. Um, and Ed's been like winding up this disposable camera to take pictures of this woman <laughs> who they assume is just drunk and stupid. Oh my and, god. And like she falls and gets back up, and they're both in shock. And then yeah. you just hear Ed winding up the camera again to take <laughs> yeah. another photo. So good. Even when she's like on top of uh, Sean and he's like yelling for help, Ed's like, I'll be right back. And he like runs away and comes back with a camera. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And at first, like they think she's trying to make out with Sean. He's like, I've just come out of a relationship. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> yeah, this is a great like first interaction, first attack. Uh, feels feels very fresh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, they finally turn on the TV and they're like, you know, kind of coming up to speed with like what's going on. The the news person is saying that uh, you got to stay inside. If you can encounter one of these zombies, you have to cut off their head. Um, they now notice they've got two zombies in the backyard. So they go outside, and this is one of my favorite scenes. They're trying to find things to attack them with, and first, like, they throw some, like, random things uh, that they found in the kitchen or whatever, and they miss. Then they're, like, going through a record collection and, like, kind of picking out the vinyls that uh, they don't like and throwing it at them. I, I love this scene, like, going album by album, trying to figure out which ones they could uh, destroy. Did, did yeah, you like this? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, fun way yeah. to sneak some comedy into it. Yeah, yeah, so great. <laughs> Uh, finally, they get some weapons, uh, like a cricket bat and I think a shovel, and they, they start killing these zombies. So at this point, uh, they, they realize what's going on. They uh, know that they're in trouble. So Sean decides that they need to go save his mom, who he was supposed to visit that day, and then go save his now ex-girlfriend, Liz. So he makes this plan. They head out to his mom's house, where they pick her up. Uh, she's with his stepdad, who Sean doesn't have a great relationship with. But uh, his stepdad has fallen uh, ill because he's been bitten by a zombie and he's kind of like slowly converting. So he's trying to tell his mom, like, you know, uh, the stepdad is turning into a zombie, but it, she doesn't believe him because they've never had a great relationship. So they end up taking him with them. What did you think of this whole setup between him and his uh, stepdad? Did, did you like that kind of character building there? Yeah, it was good character building, and it was a nice, awkward, challenging, complicated position for him to be in. Like, he doesn't really like his dad. He knows his dad's probably a zombie. Like, he thinks he'll be able to kill him, no problem, but he's still pretty human. It hasn't, like, turned yet, so he can't quite do it, and his yeah. mom loves him and is in denial about her husband being bitten. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's I know. good. A good avenue for some character building and, and for a touching moment pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, yeah, that background of, like, them not getting along to begin with it makes it even more harder for him to, like, kind of get his mom to believe that uh, the stepdad's turning into a zombie. I, yeah. I like yep. And there. interpersonal complications, uh, uncomfortable social situations, hit, hitting those zombie tropes right on the head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In an effective way. Um, right. And um, we've... There's been some nods to other movies along the way here that I'm just going to sneak in real quick before we keep going. Yeah, let's hear them. I probably missed them. When they go to get Sean's mom, who's named Barbara, Ed yells into the phone, we're coming to get you, Barbara, which is uh, a riff on they're coming to get you, Barbara, which is from Night of the Living Dead. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure there was an Army of Darkness reference when Sean is at work taking uh, attendance at this, like, box store that he works at and says ash couldn't make it into work today oh i'm wow. pretty sure ash worked at some big box store in army of darkness even though it's been forever since i've seen that no i think you're right yeah and uh yeah when sean is telling liz that he's gonna mend his ways and take her out for a proper date he's trying to reserve a table at a place called full cheese damn wow you caught all of these i caught all of them yeah nice there That's may awesome. be more that i missed too Right, right. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's crazy. I missed all those. <laughs> good, good ones. Proceed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so then, um, oh, yeah, speaking of interpersonal relationships and struggles there, he goes to Liz, who broke up with him the night before, and uh, climbs in, in, in through the window and, uh, to, you know, says she, he's there to save her and her flatmates. 
So there's there's a bit of a fight that goes on, um, but eventually they go with him, and uh, they get in the car. And uh, at this point, I think uh, they all drive. Uh, oh yeah, they all drive to. Uh, they they're on their way to the Winchester. They figure that's probably the safest place to be. They got boarded doors there. Uh, they can they figure they can hide out in that bar uh, until this all uh, blows over. Um, on their way there, though, I think the dad, the stepdad, uh, dies, and sh- they have to abandon the car, and Sean kills him. But before, well, actually, Sean doesn't kill him, right? They just lock the doors and keep him in the car. Yeah, yeah, and then they have to abandon the car. Yeah, yeah. But before they do that, I think there's a touching scene that that you're talking about where uh, the the stepdad kind of like bonds with Sean and then tells him it's been hard, like kind of trying to be your father and stuff, right? Right, and I, I've always loved you. Yeah. Does that scene hit you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, surprisingly, I think I, everybody in this movie too is a really good actor. So right, so you're sold on things, even though it's a lot to juggle with the tones here. Like horror comedy, even though it seems easy, when you see it done poorly, you realize it's not as easy as it looks. Oh yeah. So like- they juggled that well, and then and snuck in these uh, touching moments as well. And I can't remember his, the actor's name who is his stepdad, but. Um, he seems like a famous guy, right? If I, if I yeah, he face. was in love. He's a pretty popular British actor. He was in love, actually. He was the dude, oh, the uh, rocker, the rock star guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the movie's got a surprising amount of heart, and it hits you from time to time uh, with these kind of sentimental moments. And, it, and there's another one too, I think later. Um, but yeah, uh, so th- that's a that's a sweet scene. And then they have to abandon the car, and they make their way on foot to um, uh, the Winchester. On the way, they encounter a group of zombies, and uh, one of uh, Liz's flatmates is like the straw instructor. So uh, I thought this was funny. They they kind of uh, pretend like they're zombies, and they're able to slip by the zombies. Have you seen that happen in another zombie movie by any chance? I think they do that in Walking Dead at one point, don't they? I think so. Yeah, or like they cover themselves in the blood, or yeah, somehow I feel I like I've only seen they that cover, trick. cover themselves in blood and gore and shuffle in The Walking Dead. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So here, I guess yeah. So you know, sixty. Oh, how many years ago? Uh, Ten. Yeah, sixteen years ago. Uh, am I doing the math right? Seventeen. 16, 17, Seventeen years ago. Yeah. This is kind of uh, them pretending to be zombies, shuffling. It was, it was a pretty funny scene there. So they break into the Winchester. Um, and uh yeah there there isn't much there inside and outside the zombies are kind of crowded around the bar and uh, breaking in um they find out that sean's mother got bit on their journey there and i think this was like another emotional scene where sean has to put his mother down uh i I thought that was really sad did you yeah i mean that's a heavy scene to you know they have a touching moment between the two of them and then sean has to be the one who ends up doing it like He's yeah. got to blow his own mother's head off. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of which is heavy stuff to have in a movie like this. So it, I know. it didn't shy away from things. It juggled yeah. it all really well tonally. Yeah, it did. It did, and then when it got heavy at moments like this, it kind of just even hits harder. Yeah. Um. So uh, the the mob of zombies eventually break into the bar. Uh, Liz's flatmates end up getting killed. Hey, is there a reason one of them looked like Harry Potter? <laughs> he didn't look like Harry Potter. What? Are you kidding? He was the exact replica of Harry Potter. He's like a grown-up version of Harry Potter. I thought like that's okay. <laughs> he's, what, what he's just a for? British guy with glasses. Yeah, like round glasses. And then I thought he he like kind of dressed like him too. You, you eh, didn't think so? I didn't think so, but but I'll I'll give you this. <laughs> <laughs> Ever right. since I realized that uh, 
Josh Hartnett actually does kind of look like a young Tommy Lee Jones. I've been second guessing all the crazy things you say. Maybe you're right. (laughs) Should we go back to the George Costanza thing? (laughs) I'm not ready. Not ready for that one yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I thought like someone's going to make fun of him. Like this, who's this Harry Potter looking dude? Uh, Or like that's what like they were going for. But um, you didn't think it was like obvious. No, no, it didn't jump out at me. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, so you're down to Sean, Ed, and Liz, uh, with fighting off these zombies that are coming in there. Uh, Ed gets bit, but, uh, the three of them make it down into the basement. Uh, Ed gives a final goodbye to Sean, and they've kind of had a journey through this movie where everyone's like, Sean, you gotta move on and stop being friends with this guy, he's just holding you back. And Sean also at some point kind of goes off on him, but I thought this was a great scene of them kind of like reconciling and, you know, kind of appreciating one another as, and, and their friendship. Uh, so I, I really, I really like their friendship. Did, did were you bought into that? I do too. Yeah, and they do a good job of simultaneously simultaneously making Ed somewhat endearing, but also making it very clear that this dude really <laughs> is not going to change, and he's a horrible decision maker, and he truly is holding anybody who's with him back. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not like too many redeeming qualities. Uh, he he was what he was, but he I don't yeah. know, he's pretty funny though. Good, yeah, good laughs. he was funny. And yeah. like you said, that we haven't explicitly said so, but his fart joke is like, he'll say sorry about something and it, Sean will think it's about <laughs> something else and then he'll just look at Sean and go, no, I'm sorry. And then the smell will, will hit Sean. <laughs> and he does that and he does it as too. he's yeah. dying. <laughs> yeah, a zombie fart. <laughs> Which is probably pretty accurate as you're dying. Yeah, because you shit yourself, right? Yeah, I think that's pretty common. Okay. <laughs> oh man, that's that's awesome. Uh, all right. Well, then, uh, Sean and Liz uh, end up escaping as the bar is being uh, overtaken by these zombies. They find an escape. They get outside, and at that point, the military shows up and ends up saving Sean and Liz. Um, the movie ends with Sean and Liz uh, watching a TV at home. The pandemic, the the zombie apocalypse is over. And now uh, on TV is showing that these zombies have been integrated into society. They're taking on like kind of menial jobs. Uh, there's a, like reality TV shows about them. It's, it's kind of a funny uh, look at like how these zombies might be uh, just like a part of everyday life. Uh, kind, of, kind of interesting perspective there. And then it ends with Sean going to the shed behind the house where he has Ed chained up because Ed's a zombie. And the movie ends with them playing video games together. So kind of, kind of a, a, a sweet, like, kind of happy ending, right? Yeah, yeah, sweet and silly. M- minus, like, the death of the parents and everything, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Ed and Sean and, and Liz are still together in some weird way. And yeah. Ed is now, he's, in a way, is able to be friends with Ed without having Ed hold him back. Oh, yeah, that, oh, that's a good point. Because <laughs> he's got Ed chained out in the shed. He's holding Ed back, literally. Interesting. <laughs> That's, that's that's really good I didn't pick up on that but that's a good point uh, yeah and, and I think like through the film uh, you know the critique that the movie starts out with of Sean being like this guy who isn't doing anything uh, who's like stuck in this uh, uh, you know dead end job and like not moving in life um, the, I think the whole movie there's like this tone about like him you know taking these decisions like kind of had, taking more action into his hands and like kind of being becoming this leader of a group so that kind of redeems maybe him in that in the relationship with Liz is that the impression you got? Yeah, he really takes charge throughout the apocalypse, and he makes decisions, even if they end up being the wrong decisions. Yeah. He, he learns 
you know, it's better to stand up and, and do something and fail than to just not do anything. I see. So you think that's what the story, like the, the message of the movie was like, uh, it took the apocalypse to get Sean Sly kind of stand up and realize doing something uh, is important. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just needed this fire under his ass to stand up and take action. And he needed to realize that once he took action, it didn't mean everything would magically be okay, but that it was still better to take action. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That part gets a little cloudy because, and one small beef I have with the movie, and it's part of just the movie in general, is that it's not always clear where they're going to go or what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and that's just the story. They, they don't know the safest move, and it's on Sean, and he has to choose something, and it could be right or it could be wrong. So I hate to yeah. knock it for that, but it also... I feel like the pacing or the plot suffered a tiny bit just because there isn't as much urgency because they're trying Mm -hmm. to get to the Winchester, but none of them feel that great about going to the Winchester. So as the (laughs) viewer, you're not like, man, I hope they make it there. Obviously, you don't want anything bad to happen, but you're not as on board with the individual goals aside from the very broad goal of just surviving. Sure. And and you also have like a cast that like everyone's like not on board with like the idea of like where we're going, what's happening. So sure. uh Yeah, and and then like along the way the like little stalls of like conversation, right? Like he stops at his mom's house and there's like a they're having tea and like there's a discussion, or then he goes to Liz's house and they're having another fight up there or something. So I think that kinda breaks the momentum of like their journey to get to like a uh, survival, right? Yeah, yeah. Even though I think this movie is packed pretty tightly and there aren't really any wasted scenes, there are some things that kind of take the, uh, yeah, knock you back a little bit in terms of the pacing and the drive forward of the movie and the characters accomplishing goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's interesting, though, because, you know, uh, I I know... uh, like you mentioned, like you don't really know where they're going, but I thought he kind of like sets out with that plan, like we're going to the Winchester, and he kind of like has like those like him and Ed are like brainstorming, like this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna pick up Barbara, get pick up Liz, and then go to the Winchester, have a beer, and like they kind of hypothesize like that whole scenario, and we see uh, a version of it. So I I feel like they have like an end goal, but I I guess I didn't feel like entirely clear like why they picked the Winchester, just because it was like a place they could smoke and and drink probably, but. I, do, do, was that kind of like hard for you to understand like why they were going there? I think that was a little bit hard. They never gave a really clear answer of why they should choose the Winchester and it seemed like even Sean doubted why it was good to go to the Winchester. Um, yeah. However, again, that was part of his character arc, stepping up and making decisions because nobody else was, even if sure. you weren't 100% confident with the decision. And it's the zombie apocalypse so nobody really for sure knows the right thing to do. That's true. Uh, having seen the movie, though, and how things played out, would you say these were, like, the wrong decisions? Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to see how they could have been safer had they all just stayed in their homes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, and that's I think what maybe I was that was part of it for me, is that I, I knew, having seen this, that why going to the Winchester may not always be the best idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, he kind of shows up at Liz's place with, like, this mentality, I'm going to save you. And they're they're all like, well, you just brought a bunch of zombies here and, like, brought a bunch of attention to us. So, uh, yeah, it was hard for me to see that at the end. Like, oh, you know, great, he stepped up and did something when what he did, like, kind of killed everyone. And uh, it was just him and Liz at the end. So it was kind of a weird, like, kind of mixed bag of an ending for me. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah. It gets a little Um, muddied. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I, I, I guess that's life, right? 
And right. Yeah, I think that's maybe kind of the point. Yeah, and you, and you think in life, uh, the, the the important thing is you do something. Doesn't matter if it's right or not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just go do something. Just do something. <laughs> I think that's the new uh, Nike slogan. Just do something. <laughs> <laughs> Just do anything. Yeah, anything really. <laughs> Just get off the couch, please. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, what, what what did you like uh, otherwise, and what else like jumped out to you on this film? So, one thing we haven't really we touched on it a little bit, but one main thing throughout the film, like a common occurrence, is that lines spoken in the first half of the movie are spoken again in a second half of the movie. Um, either for like a comedic effect or a satisfying, like checking that box type vibe. Yeah. Um, there's a scene earlier in the movie where Sean is watching Ed play a video game and he says like, top left, reload, nice shot. And then oh. there's an, another scene later where Ed's guiding Sean on killing these zombies right. with an actual gun, it says the same thing in the same sequence. Yeah. Um, Ed always says cock it as like his curse. And at one point he says that to tell Sean that he's got to cock the gun. That's why it's not firing. Oh, interesting. Um, so th- there's just a lot of these things. Um, yeah. I think the f- the final one was that towards the beginning of the apocalypse, they run into an old friend. Or I think it's even before the apocalypse. Before, Sean runs yeah. into an old friend from school. Yvonne. And uh, they say like, oh, you and Liz are still together. I'm, I'm glad somebody made it. Yeah, right. And then that friend saves him at the end and sees that they're alive and says, I'm glad somebody made it. Yeah, it's the exact same conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. So they do that a lot. Um, I thought I wrote down more examples, but I didn't. Um, And it's cool. It it gives you a really satisfying feeling, but I also almost feel like they did it so much that it was becoming obvious what they were doing. Oh, interesting, really. Yeah, but uh, did you notice it as much? Uh, I noticed it with uh, Yvonne, the, the friend that he runs into, and I, I thought that was brilliant, like, because that, that does kind of seem like a conversation. I don't know if it's just us, like, kind of living in this pandemic world where, like, a lot of our conversations are going to be, like, the same, uh, but uh, I thought it was, like, a great kind of uh, satirical analysis of, like, how people talk when they haven't seen each other for a while, and then, like, this horrible things happen, and it's, like, it applies in, like, the same situation. Uh, so I, I, I thought it was, like, really clever. I didn't, I didn't think it was over the top or anything, but you thought it was, like, too on the nose, maybe? Um, I didn't think like that specific line was too on the nose, but um, even though those were the only, those are the few instances I've mentioned, there's probably like 10 lines that are spoken mm-hmm. uh, later in the film in a different context as a yeah. reference back to when it was first spoken. I see. I see. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Which is I, really I, cool. I love that kind of stuff in a screenplay. I just thought maybe they did one or two too many. Yeah, yeah, I think 10 lines would be too many, because I, I feel like the whole movie, it, it's it, like, you know well enough, like, I, we get what you're doing, you're trying to say normal to everyday life is kind of like a zombie apocalypse or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you're kind of trying to fi- f- uh, walk this road where you're trying to write a great screenplay where people who analyze movies... Uh, like us are going to appreciate that screenplay, but you're also trying to get people to transport to this world of the movie and kind of forget they're watching a movie. Yeah. And it went from like making, I, I think one or two too many of those instances was a slight push away from I'm enjoying this really clever movie to I can see 
too much of how the sausage is made and it, yeah. it's taken me out of the movie a bit. Sure, sure, yeah. They, at this point, it feels like they're shoving something down your throat maybe versus me feeling like I was uh, clever enough to pick up on something. Yeah, yeah. And it's a weird nitpick for me because I, I normally love that and I feel like a lot of screenplays uh, don't do things like that. They just don't put the nice touches into it to make things satisfying for yeah. a viewer. They don't do a good job for shadowing. Um, don't go far enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this one had it in spades, but uh, yeah, just, yep. a, just a thought I had that it may have been sure. a little too far. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a good point. You know, that's interesting, though, because I, I think I'm picking up on this trend, like uh, when we talked about The Conjuring and stuff, I do feel like you like the more subtle, stated kind of uh, messages or themes or scares, and uh, I feel like my criticism of like some of the zombie movies we have seen in some of Romero's work is the message is like kind of buried in there and like we can guess that like this is what it's about but i'm not 100 percent sure sometimes and so i i do like it when a movie is like kind of this obvious about what it's trying to say but uh i think you probably picked up on more than i did though so i wonder if i picked up on all those ones if it would have jumped out or they have been kind of over the top for me gotcha interesting um what did you think? You know, we, I think we talked about like uh, everything that it takes to like make a comedy work, and I, it sounds like the, you thought there were a few pacing issues, maybe. But overall, um, do, do you think like this is a pretty funny movie? I think on the comedy front, this movie really succeeds. The jokes are legit funny. There's, I don't think there's very many jokes that missed. You know, yeah. If, if it was a small joke that was supposed to get a slight chuckle, it got the slight chuckle. If it was a big laugh moment, it got the big laugh. I don't think there were many swings and misses from yeah. my perspective. How about you? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think uh, a lot of it was just like how fast like it was or, or the, the editing, uh, like how every joke was like delivered. Uh, yeah, it just felt like everything really hit pretty well. And uh, yeah, nothing felt like very flat. There was one scene that killed me. I remember the first time I saw it when he's like trying to jump over these fences and one just kind of falls down. Uh, do, do you remember that scene when they're like... Yeah, that was great. Great. Yeah, that, that, I still thought that was, even though you know it's coming, it was still like uh, pretty well done. And yeah. uh, I think it just speaks like the acting and, and the, the editing. And there's a good mix of like slapstick humor and just really subtle uh, lines that people kind of mumble under their breath and stuff like that. Yeah. And like <laughs> yeah, clever yeah. lines too that are amusing if you pick up on them. Like uh, right before they do the zombie shuffle and pretend to be zombies, they're kind of bickering with each other. And mm-hmm. one of the characters says, we're not going to get anywhere by moaning. And then oh. that's what they do. They get somewhere by moaning like zombies. Yeah. So there's just a lot of little treats in there into the, yeah. the screenplay that I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that too. Uh, and then I, I thought even the character dynamics were really well played out. Like they, they threw in uh, character uh, friction points that like, you know, I, I don't think they needed to, but I think it added to the film, like the, the relationship he has with the stepfather, his relationship with Ed and then the other roommates and like their friction and then him and Liz and then the Liz's flatmates and Sean. I just feel like every character had like a unique relationship with the other and that kind of just added to the dynamic of the story. Yeah, man. I think that everything was really relatable in terms of the character complications and friction between characters. I think so many times in zombie movies, we see like really big friction points like an affair or um, Mm -hmm. two alpha men 
egos bumping up against each other. Yeah. And in this, it was just little stuff that builds up over the course of your life that (laughs) hits a breaking point, you know? Hey, your friend's holding you back, or hey, you never uh, give that extra 10% to make our relationship as special as it could be, or hey, I never felt like me and my dad got along, and yeah, but there's just some miscommunication there the whole time. It was subtle, realistic stuff. Right, right, like kind of everyday stuff people could relate to, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think kind of like the everyday tiny dramas that are still, you know, they aren't quite as sweepingly dramatic in a movie setting, but they're, they are dramatic and meaningful uh, and a big deal in our lives. I, I thought it was mm-hmm. a really relatable story. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like taking every, everyday life and putting it under the scope uh, in the midst of like some kind of catastrophe like this, which, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I think you're right. It has like a whole different impact. And it's not like the, the big blockbuster kind of, you know, yeah, these crazy things are happening and uh, we've done crazy things to each other. But it's just kind of like your everyday life problem suddenly magnified in a way. Yeah, and that goes back to that theme of people kind of just living their life as zombies without thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And how you just kind of go through life ignoring these minor problems you know like uh, i'm not eating right but it's not a huge deal and then suddenly yeah. you're not eating right for 10 years and it's become a big deal like right. uh that's just one tiny example but i think so much of what was going on between the characters was stuff that had been building over years and years and years and then yeah. everyone had to finally face it even um liz's flatmates uh <laughs> right they were a couple but the dude was in secretly love in love with liz and kind of everybody knew it and no one ever said anything yeah so and it's, it's, it was like brought up like two or three times and finally like the the, the girlfriend calls him out like we all know you, you you do it right or you're in love with her yeah right yeah that was, that yeah was so it's like these tiny things bubbling under the surface that everyone's just kind of been a zombie to the you know if you want to go right. with that symbolism it, it, it was cool i thought yeah uh, i really appreciated it yeah, yeah, me too. I, I think it's been a while since I've seen something that clever, so I, I really appreciated that. It yeah. Good. Um, you've uh, brought up the editing a few times, and yeah, I think that that really is... Um, it sounds like that's a trademark of Edgar Wright's work. I it, think so, it's yeah. kind of like a manic editing and fast, but it yeah. um, still feels organic and, and makes a movie flow like a typical blockbuster adventure movie. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not like distracting. It just like really helps everything feel more cohesive. Yeah, yeah. Like these fast cuts, like while a character is narrating something, it'll like right. kind of yeah. yeah jump to certain things. Yeah. Yep. Cutaways to like a, a a scene from the past or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. That's uh, I I think that's a signature move of his. I feel like I I can definitely remember that from Hot Fuzz, and I'm sure it's in his other films as well. But it's almost got like a family guyness to it in a way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Like these uh, flashbacks are like yeah, uh, uh, shifting over to like another scene or something. Sure, yeah, a a side scene, yeah, right, yeah. He does that really well. Mm -hmm. Um, Acting and everything you were on board with and gore. How did you feel about all that stuff? Yeah, I thought the gore looked really good. Especially there's a scene where um, the douchey boyfriend uh, who Liz lives with uh, gets ripped apart, and I think that looks really good. Yeah, when his intestines are pulled out. Yeah, that was very similar to a, a moment in Day of the Dead, so I feel like there okay. may have been a nod there as well. That's great. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. I, w- one thing that kind of bugged me was that uh, the zombies are like super slow in this one, but I, I, I think if they were any faster, the movie would have uh, probably been a little scarier and maybe, maybe might have pulled away from the comedy. So maybe in this one, you kind of needed like really slow, dumb zombies for it to I work. I think it'd be hard to make a horror comedy with fast zombies. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, that would be kind of tough. Maybe there is one, but I can't think of one right now. Are there other zombie like, what, what, like yeah zombie land I guess is a comedy uh, um, what what what, what are, like do you have other zombie like uh, comedy films that you like Dead Alive Oh yeah yeah right Yeah Dead Alive Yeah um, it feels like such a big genre but I'm struggling to name them right now Yeah yeah I know I feel like a lot of people have made comedy ones on this I feel like there were some lesser known ones that all came out around this time too, like one called Fido and um Oh, I remember Fido, yeah. There was one that was like a love story too where um Oh they were in love but they were zombies still. I think it was based on a book, something uh, hearts, I can't remember now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. There was, there but, was a, a a burst of them. Yeah, yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah, but I I think this one is something special for sure. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, did you have any criticisms, any negative stuff about the movie that popped out on this viewing? Uh, you know, I, I, I think just what I mentioned earlier, like I was a little mixed on like the end message because like, yeah, he is great like that. He was able to repair the relationship. But uh, at the end of the day, like the action he took might have actually killed everyone. So I, I was having trouble figuring out why Liz was like all about him at the end when like did he really address like the issues at the beginning? But I, I guess he did something. So that I guess that counts. Yeah, and then at the end, they are just living a uh, very mundane existence, it seems. Like, they, they lay out what their day's going to be, and it's just like, hang out, uh, go to the Winchester, come back here and watch TV. Yes, they've and kind it was of like, well, shouldn't that have been, like, a little bit, <laughs> shouldn't there have been a date in there somewhere, like, right. to show us that, that Sean had changed? Yeah, that things have gotten better, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of struggled with that uh, character arc, because uh, uh, it does seem like he's, like, the movie's, like, him making a big show of it, but then at the end, maybe not so much. Yeah, yeah, that was a little uh, confusing. Yeah, um, but I and then I kind of agree with you. Like, uh, I, there, there was uh, a few times like when they get to the Winchester um, and on their way there, where like uh, it kind of slows down a little bit and like kind of devolves. Uh, the movie kind of dissolves into like you know banter like uh, between them as they like argue about certain stuff, um, where like maybe the pace felt a little bit slower. But other- otherwise, I thought it was a pretty strong film. Yeah. Yeah, and we haven't mentioned that really awesome sequence to the Queen song. It was like, yeah, don't, don't Stop Me Now or something like that. And While they're like beating up an old uh, dude. Yeah, they're like whacking a zombie with uh, pool cues to the beat. And then yeah. the lights outside are flashing on yeah. the zombie crowd trying to get in. It looks like the audience. It, it was a great sequence. That was a great sequence. Yeah, yeah. Great use of music and, and visuals there. Yeah, it was, and it's kind of a spoof on the like bar fight set to the jukebox music scene in a typical movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. How, how many uh, zombie farts do you give this one? I give this, I assumed I would give this five zombie farts when I watched it or when I like popped it in, but um, I'm going to bring that down. I still love this movie. I think it's amazing. One of the best zombie movies of all time, but I give it a 4.5. Okay. So it's still pretty high. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Just some of those negatives that we mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. 
Uh, I think I'm still at a five. Uh, I, I think my appreciation for appreciation has, has gone up, and uh, I, I think there are like other subtleties. I, I think you know watching this while you're in college versus watching this when you're an adult, uh, the characters just kind of start to feel even more relatable as you sure. get older. And I, I know like we all kind of like sometimes feel like we're stuck in this rut. Hey, I just thought this was like really clever in terms of um, showing the the parallels to modern society with uh, the apocalypse. So it's cool. Good. Yeah, as we talked about some of the things we liked about it, I was tempted to go back up to a five, but I'll stick with my four point five. I still, I'm glad you gave it a five because it's awesome. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it holds up. I think. Cool. Awesome. Well, anything else? That's it, man. Thanks for choosing right. it, and thanks, Marnie. Yeah, thanks, Marnie. Great suggestion. So uh, that's going to be it for our discussion on Shaun of the Dead. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating, as we had talked about earlier on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's going to help others find our show, and we always appreciate the feedback and the ratings. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We also have a Discord server where we're chatting up with other listeners and horror fans. You can find that link on our website. We also have a Patreon page in case you want to throw some change our way. You can find that at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com and you'll also find some merchandise for our show in case you want to support the show through other means or pick up some cool swag. Um, Brian, one thing before uh, we end this. Can dogs actually look up? <laughs> I googled that. They can, but it, there's some truth to that. They don't have the same neck flexibility as like a human does per se. And if they really need to look all the way up, yeah. they're better off lying down to do it. Because um, oh. if they're like on all fours, they can't quite get their head all the way up. So yeah, yeah, good point. That's yeah, why I you have... see like if there's like something in the sky that they want to look at, they might get they down on their back. bellies and look up. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I've got a dog, and like when they said that in this film, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's true. Because uh, yeah, usually like they, they have to like either stand up on their legs or yeah, get a light, light on their back yeah, or, or even sitting down. But yeah, if they're if they're walking, then their head doesn't really go go the angle <laughs> that you would that a humans could go at that position. <laughs> I'm glad you googled that. <laughs> that's great to know. <laughs> All right, they well, they can do downward dog, but they can't do cat pose. <laughs> can't do the cat pose. All right. Great. Well, until next time, uh, if you sense there's a zombie apocalypse about to happen, uh, make sure you start practicing your zombie moves so you can blend in when you need to. Yep, get the moaning down. Yeah, get the moaning down.